So Troy is worried that SBA financing in the United States may put more risk on the buyer than the seller. He wants to know when is the right time to use an SBA loan. Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. What a great question. And it's interesting that Troy sent in this question because just the other day I had a fellow on the phone from Washington State who was a longtime real estate investor who basically asked me the same sort of question. He was excited by the fact that he learned online that he could finance up to 90% of a business acquisition with the SBA's 7A loan program, which sounded to him a lot like some of the real estate financing that he has had access to as a real estate investor. And so I had to do a little bit of education with him and, and teach him some of the ins and outs and pros and cons of this program. But essentially, here's what happens whenever you have a government program which will basically guarantee bank loans up to 90% financing, is it means that people with smaller amounts of money to invest are able to acquire larger businesses. So uh, we call this leverage. It's the same thing when you're buying a house, you have a small amount of money used as a down payment, and you use the mortgage to buy a big house. Here's the big difference though is that when you're buying a piece of real estate, you're talking about a tangible asset that you can have evaluated and, and you know, if you owned a four or six unit apartment building, you might have an empty apartment in a given month, but it's very unlikely that all the units would be empty. And so there's a certain um, steadiness to the cash flow associated with that kind of investment. And if we maintain the building properly with paint and upkeep and repairs and new shingles and all that kind of stuff, um, then we know that it could last for 100 years, right? Plenty of buildings around that are 100 years old or more, right? Just ask Europeans, they've got buildings over there that are hundreds of years old. So to finance such a thing over a long period of time with a high amount of leverage, um, it, it, it has certain risks. The market can always go down, but generally speaking, real estate is not such a risky asset, which is why banks have always been willing to extend a lot of leverage towards purchasing buildings. Now, business is very different. In a business, you can have a bad year where sales go down 20% and your profit could go down by 100% because businesses are not um, linear function models. So uh, a small degree of decline in the top line, if you have a lot of fixed expenses, can cause a large degree of decline in the bottom line. So if you have a million dollars in sales and a 10% profit margin and your sales go down 10%, your profit could fall from 100 grand down to say 25. Well, that's a 75% decline in profit from a 10% decline in sales. So there's a lot more risk <clears throat> when it comes to small business. Now, here's the other problem with high amounts of leverage. If you allow someone to buy something with only 10% down, it means that people can afford to buy more. And the other problem with SBA loans is that they do financing over 10 years which means that you're, you're buying the, the business over a longer period of time. Both of these things allow people to spend more, which means that the availability of this financing is actually helping the price of businesses go up. So when people ask me, um, does the SBA help you buy a business? I say, no, it doesn't. The SBA helps people sell them. Because what effectively this amount of leverage is doing is it's allowing for more people to afford a business, which means that there's a greater pool of buyers for any business that goes up for sale, meaning more competition amongst buyers. 
And because they're willing to finance up to 90% over 10 years, <clears throat> it means that those buyers can afford a higher purchase price. So what is happening is a large amount of debt is being created and there's a lot of risk being taken on by buyers. And one of the problems with a 10-year loan is that we know that the average business cycle um, is usually less than 10 years. So they're guaranteeing that you're going to have this debt that you're going to be making payments on in the next downturn. Now, especially these days, and this is 2019 if you're watching in the future, we know that about once every 10 years there's a recession of some kind, and it's really been 10 years since the last one. So the likelihood that another recession is coming could be very good, and it could be very good that it's coming soon, which means that if you borrowed 90% of a business's selling price and acquired all this debt and then went into a downturn where it's likely your sales would decline, then you'd really be setting yourself up for a lot of problems. So Troy's question specifically, though, was when would you be okay with using this kind of financing? Here is the answer. I don't mind bank financing when buying a business of any kind, you know, as long as there are tangible assets being financed because it gives you a plan B if things go wrong. So if you're buying a business that has a lot of machinery, equipment, inventory, etc., and you finance this, then if things go wrong, you can actually sell things off and get money and use that to pay off the bank, right, and get yourself out of trouble. If there are very few tangible assets, if the business is like a service business, for example, um, then a lot of the value that you're going to pay when you buy that business is based on the cash flow, and that means it's based on goodwill. And if there's a downturn or any kind of change, and the you know the goodwill can disappear very quickly, and that's why I always think it's safer for a buyer to want to have more seller financing in a business that has a lot of goodwill, just because seller financing gives us more options. You know, number one. Um, if things start to go sideways, we can always pick up the phone and call the seller and say, look, can you give me some advice? You know the business. You ran it for years. I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this. Can you can you help me out? And because of the seller financing note, he's owed money, it's more likely the seller will want to help you in that way. So so that's a, one big reason why I prefer to have more seller financing when there's a lot of goodwill in the, in the purchase. Um, number two, if um, you really can't make the payments... Um, it's easier to go and negotiate with a person and say, look, here's why I'm having a hard time than it is to go to a bank and say, here's why I'm having a hard time. <clears throat> and that bank's just going to send you to the special loan department, right? It's going to be out of your local banker's hands and someone else is going to be calling you all the time looking for money. Uh, another great reason why you need to have more um, seller financing when there's a lot of goodwill is that ideally if the business is represented as being a valuable thing because of its past performance, then the business should be the collateral on the seller note, not your house, right? So if everything goes to hell in a handbasket and you liquidate the equipment to pay off the bank, well, at least your house is safe, right? The seller can come back and take the business because that's the collateral on the seller note. Anyway, those are just my impressions. I think that um, what has happened is that the terms and willingness of the SBA to lend more and more mo money is helping to drive prices up. It's also bringing in more and more people who don't have the real means and resources to back themselves up in case of a downturn. It's allowing them to get into these deals. And, you know, if I were a person who had a lot of money in the bank and I wanted to preserve that cash, 
then I'd be trying to leverage as much as possible. You can still leverage the purchase of a business without borrowing money from a bank under an SBA program. You can get that leverage from the seller. And if the seller doesn't want to do it, I've always said it means one of three things usually. Number one, they're just ignorant that this is how businesses are sold. In almost every, you know, in fact, I think there's only been one deal I've ever worked on where it was a cash deal. Every other deal I've worked on, and there's another one right now that I'm a part of that's going to be a cash deal, but every other deal I've ever worked on, the seller has financed a good chunk of the purchase price for all the reasons that I'm explaining. And uh, the number two reason why they won't want to do it is they don't think you can run the business, which is a great reason not to buy the business. The third reason why someone won't want to do it is because they know that they're being deceptive and they're not giving you the full truth. So you definitely want to have a good deal of seller financing when you're buying a business. I don't think it's a good idea to use 90% financing from the SBA and I've already put videos on this channel about some of the horrific circumstances that have happened to people when they bought a business like this and they found out later that they weren't told the entire truth. The Under this 90% financing program, the buyer can put in 5%, the seller can hold a 5% note. That 5% note is not enough of an offset to protect the buyer from challenges when they come up after the fact. You know, the seller can just walk away. He's already got 95% of the money that he was going to be paid. So there's no risk, as far as I'm concerned, from the seller when people do this SBA financing. So it's it's not something I recommend. Anyway, hope I didn't scare you too much. If you want to learn how to safely buy a business uh, the right way, then head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com. Learn more about my online program that you can do. It's nine and a half hours of video tutorials with me going through the entire process of following a business transaction case study and learning about why we do all the different things the way that we do them and how to safely set up these kinds of deals. And then if you want even more help, there's the Business Buyer Adventure Group Coaching Program where we meet together a few times every month and talk about the deals that we're working on and I coach people on how to find deals before they get listed with a business broker, which is the way that you find the best opportunities. And with that, I'll say see you later. And if you haven't already, click subscribe, thumbs up, and get on my email list at davidcbarnettlist.com. Cheers. We'll talk to you later.